Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. podcast on the athletic network it's monday june 28th classic factory back in business i'm jay e skeets rolling with the homie pass mellis <laughs> not bad uh, we also got a top shot hot boy he's wearing his camo there for those weird deer calls uh trey kirby uh, oh uh, oh <laughs> okay i'm already over it uh, wild stuff man of mystery taking it to the max lee ellis friends mm. uh. and finally making the magic happen with that weird cold open it's jd hello there he is here we are first things first shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on youtube take a quick second everybody smash that like button and if you haven't already subscribe to no dunks on youtube keep sending in your questions and comments for the next beach step and podcast Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be hitting the beach later this week for sure. And go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Immaculate items always available. And before we get started today, just a quick apology to all of our Apple Podcast listeners. We had one hell of a time trying to get Friday's Drop Podcast up on Apple Podcasts, like up in that feed. Uh, JD, I don't know if you want to speak to this at all. Did it ever get there? I think it did eventually. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 24 um, hours later or something. Mid-afternoon on Saturday, oh boy. Uh, it was dropped. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know what to say. Uh, Apple, get your shit together. I mean, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, on, that's as polite as I can be about it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, we've been posting the show to Apple for 15 plus years and... <laughs> Most times it works, but it's been a rough couple weeks, if we're being honest. <laughs> Ever since that update they did, uh, things went haywire. Yeah. So, look, again, apologies to all of our Apple Podcast listeners. Uh, we'll try and be better. Hopefully they're better, and it will go up in a timely manner. But And lucky for you listeners out there, it was a timeless classic on Friday. <laughs> so, you know, if it comes out Friday, that would have been ideal. But yeah. a Saturday afternoon, the perfect time to listen. Yes, that's true. Well, that's sort of the bad news, if there is such a thing. But let's get to the good news right away here on a Monday. We had a wedgie. Yeah, Friday night. It was a blowout game. The game stunk between the Hawks and the Bucks on Friday. But Trey Young with the, the very gentle wedgie there, like very bouncing gentle. it over the rim. Yeah, yeah, to the other side. Very rare. And it's our 58th wedgie of the season. It's a big one, Tass, because I think we hadn't had a wedgie, I want to say in like 19 or 20 days. I mean, I think it's the longest streak we had gone this season without one. So nice to see one there on Friday night. And it's funny to see the graphic there. 58 on pace for 58 now because uh, we don't <laughs> yes. have a lot of games left here in the NBA right. season. But, yeah, we're, we're all dreaming for 60. But let's remember, this is the mark, all-time wedgie mark, with a bullet. 
58, mm. beating the other mark by seven full wedgies. Ooh, that's huge. Yeah, in a you're short right. We got, we got a little greedy, though. We want to see that nice 60 number. And it's look, no it's, it's possible they usually come in sure, bunches. Sure, Maybe we'll get another sure. One here. That yeah, was amazing, though. Go on the other side of the rim. Just the gentle Trey touch right there. Yeah, and uh, Reggie Miller was quick to say wedgie. Uh, you know, we didn't play the audio there, but he, he said it right away, and then they moved on. It was nice. I, I'm with you. I actually thought it almost got tipped or something on the other side, right? Like uh, sort of an offensive rebound or a def- defensive rebound. And no, Some in the stream Trey team were saying over. that should have been a Capella wedgie. I mean, it's I impossible know. to tell if anybody actually got a hand on it. Still a unique one, and... Yeah, 60 still in play. We need one in the conference finals, okay, and then we look. need another one in the finals. Did no, I get it. I don't think, I don't think did, so. Guys. I think that's just a roll mode yeah. right there. Yeah, it's weird. Very uh, strange Lee, sticker. Lee, uh, very excited. Eh? What a way to start the week. <laughs> another yeah. Week. yeah. Listen, on a Friday night in a blowout, and we still get that wedgie, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that one didn't slip under the radar, to be honest with you. But uh, with this close to 60, we've got to get it. We can't, I can't just live with a 58 now or a 59. We're so close. Got to get over 60. Even if that's the record and we never break it, we have to see it now that we're so close. Okay, we're very, very close. Okay, well, good thing is we don't have to talk about that Friday night game because the Bucks and Hawks played another game. And you three boys down at the Fortress taking it in. Great stuff. So let's get into it. I mean, you guys were there witnessing this. Unfortunately, uh, you know, you're with a bunch of Hawks fans there and the Hawks bros. And they came up short because Middleton went bonkers in the fourth. 38 points overall. Helps the Bucks clip the Hawks 113. 102, sad caca, for the 2-1 lead from Milwaukee. Lee, get us started here. For it was the only place in the world you wanted to be there last night. A Sunday night <laughs> prime time at the Fortress? Yeah. The atmosphere was electric. There was hope and expectation <laughs> in the crowd. And it was going to plan, to be honest. I mean, they got off to a good start. Friday's night's disaster was a distant memory. It was like it happened on a Friday night, which it did. And the Hawks were in a great position to reclaim home court advantage because it was a tight game, but it just sort of felt every time the Bucks made a push, the Hawks had an answer. And then that fourth quarter, man, Chris Middleton, what a performance. And you guys know I'm a big believer in the hot hand theory. And yep. if I ever have to defend my argument in a court of law, I would say to the judge, Your Honor, I present this here fourth quarter performance from the Honorable James Christian Middleton as evidence that my premise is real and true. Because a lot of the shots he made last night. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How many beers did you have down at the fortress last night? Because you were uh, extra zany here on a Monday. Yeah, only, only one. But look, okay. I, it was so much fun, good naturedly. Counting uh, Giannis's free throws yeah. last night. It was so much fun. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Back to Middleton. You're yeah, in the well, court of law li- right now. You're listen, I mean, because the thing is, right, a lot of those sort of deep contested twos that he takes that are sometimes frustrating, <coughs> he had him cooking last night again in that fourth quarter, you know, sort of getting to his spot and it's like either go out one foot more and you're going to get a three-pointer or sort of go into the paint, but he didn't do that. Instead, he's fading. That one that he hit that Giannis was referring to kind of behind the backboard, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe he knocked that in, but he yeah. just had it going. And his teammates understood, like right now, Budenholzer was the same. It's like, just get him the ball. He's hot. And this is what's great about basketball when a guy gets hot like that. It's like, throw everything else out the window. Just go to the guy who's got the hot hand and let's see if he can, how long he can keep it going for. And he basically won this game and took control of the series back to Milwaukee because there was another factor, a major factor, of course, and it's Trey Young's ankle injury, which we'll get to. But even still with that, it was a close game. It was in the balance. And Chris Milton, you know, a polarizing player. At times, we're like, no, he's overrated. He's not that good. And other times, it's like, man, he's close to elite level when he plays like this because (laughs) they couldn't stop him. And it must feel awesome as a player. Like, 
when you're on the road and you hear and feel that collective groan from the fans, the sure. opposing fans, anytime you get that ball and then you're just dropping dagger after dagger after. I had big trade to my right. Every time Chris Middleton touched the ball in the fourth quarter, it was no. Nah. Oh, you were sort of grabbing onto it. Oh, ah, oh, we were trying to trying to get each other up, say it's okay, we're still in this, but it just wasn't because he sucked the life out of it. <laughs> you know, and this this overshadows a very uh, dominant game again from Giannis. Uh, yeah. Bobby Portis gave them some huge minutes last night, but Chris Middleton deserves all the love this morning because in, in fourth quarter time, in winning time. He stepped up, and uh, again, we were on the wrong side of it last night, but it's sort of one of those things like, man, it was a great game. It was a great night. It was great fun, and we saw a guy just get really, really hot, and, right. uh, and it was awesome. So a great performance by Middleton and the Bucks. And guys, I fear... We are here heading towards douchey territory, to be oh, honest. Uh-oh, he fears it. I fear it. He fears it. Three reasons. Uh, one, uh, again... Middleton is this your closing okay, he, argument yeah. this is my closing <laughs> argument one Chris Middleton was, was just awesome last night and the Bucks feel like they are the better team they just feel it yeah. Giannis I think Budenholzer's realised again just keep in the paint it, he's not as good when he's bodying guys down but when he's sort of in that slalomy mood and, and way to get inside to get those uh, high percentage looks the Hawks haven't got much to stop him. There's no real rim protection out there. And thirdly, Trey Young's ankle. Um, yes. he, he didn't appear to be moving all that well. I think he only took one shot in the fourth quarter. No excuse at all because, uh, you know, that, that happens in the game. But uh, if he is under uh, any sort of injury cloud for the remainder of the series, very hard to see how the Hawks can generate offense uh, without him. So... Ah, there's a douchey. Maybe make a reservation at the douchebag uh, sweet restaurant because I think that's where we're heading right now. What do they, what they serve there? I'm not convinced you only had one brewski last night. Okay, I was in Zach Lowe's sicko mode. One beer and one beer only. <laughs> Look at this guy. I didn't know that Lee and I were so close, but man, he just called me Big Trey. I really truly feel honored because I uh, did feel like being best buddies with Lee and like we were living and dying with the Hawks out there getting lit up. I think there was about five minutes left. It looked like the Hawks had a stop on Middleton. Connaughton had like a crazy drive to the lane. He throws a bailout pass to the corner. It's PJ Tucker. I think um, maybe Collins closes out to him pretty quickly, but then Tucker just touch passes the ball out to the wing. Middleton had made two threes and another jumper at that point. And he was wide open. And that for me was, that was the game. That play, as soon as the ball got kicked out, because that was the one where I groaned out loud, mm. not Middleton! <laughs> Come on, the guy was already on fire. He knocks down the three. It was basically 11 straight for Middleton on his way to outscoring the Hawks in the fourth quarter. When he's cooking like that, like, there was nothing the Hawks could do. Like, I don't know. You would have liked to have DeAndre Hunter, honestly, to be able to try and defend him a little bit. But he was just shooting over whoever the Hawks had on him defensively. And when he's cooking like that, you're happy to be fractionally invested in a Chris Middleton hollow moment. But uh, (laughs) otherwise, as a Hawks fan down there on a Sunday night, not good. Yeah, and remember, this guy... I mean, Middleton, he had shot like 34% over the last three games. He'd been bad, really bad, and we talked about it. We said he is like the Ferris wheel. He's not a roller coaster up and down. He's a Ferris wheel up and down. It's uh, not as exciting as a roller coaster, but there are highs, tasks, and there are lows. And last night was a super high. I mean, he maybe saved them there in that game. Giannis was dominant 
like for the whole for the majority of the game but this is sort of the bucks in a nutshell is it not like Giannis sort of keeps him in it through a good three and a half quarters and then you do need some shot making usually from the perimeter in a close game in a playoff series and last night it was Middleton we've seen Drew do it at times it's like this is sort of the bucks recipe but yeah what did you think uh who were you grabbing on to, Tass, uh, <laughs> when Middleton was hitting dagger after dagger there? What were you doing? Was Larry Luke to your left or something? <laughs> well, no. I, I know how hard it is, how exhausting it is to be a fan of a team throughout a playoff run. So I, I held myself back. Yeah. I, I, I just couldn't get hurt again. I mean, I, I, Lee, <laughs> Ali and Trey, and let me confirm, Lee only had one beer. Okay. I can confirm that because wow. I did ask if he wanted a second one. He said nay. Uh, so I also held back <laughs> too. I said no. Uh, we stopped. We stopped. But we were so into it, we didn't move. Uh, I think Lee went for a quick pee, a quick Sir Foster, as we <laughs> called it, at one point. But I think the three of us stood our ground because it was three rows deep uh, in standing room only. Oh, wow. You didn't want to give up your spot there. It was it was packed. It was absolutely packed. Uh, I. I I really can't remember a playoff setting like that. Uh, I remember when you know the Hawks had their perfect month and the Warriors came to town. That game was super duper loud, uh, but this one, this was hard. I, I knew uh, you know Brooklyn Nets fans and Greek fans specifically of Giannis were trying to get seats together, but it was hard to get seats because Hawks fans were ruling the day. Everybody <laughs> talks about Knicks fans and Lakers fans coming in and stealing all the seats. Uh, this was this was special and. and uh, yeah, I'm getting into it now. I might join the Wii crowd because I was definitely, I was definitely felt like you know the Hawks could do it. We even talked to somebody with the Hawks that was thinking about the finals already. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's too <laughs> soon, man. Uh, but yeah, Chris Middleton at the end, it's just it, it was like nobody was in front of him. I mean, that's the weird thing. Like Chris Middleton wasn't blowing by anybody. He wasn't shaking anybody off uh, to get space. He really was getting into his little groove and just shooting through whoever was guarding him. That was the special thing. He did have a couple open ones, uh, as uh, Trey mentioned there. The offensive rebounds, uh, they've they've killed the Hawks. Uh, I hate the the small lineup that they put out there with John Collins and Danilo Gallinari at the 4-5. Didn't work in the first half, didn't work in the fourth quarter. I don't think 15 offensive rebounds for the Bucs to nine for the Hawks. but in the end, Trey Young needed somebody. And and really, uh, it, I, I can't put it on the ankle. I know he wasn't feeling good, but he also wasn't feeling good in game one towards the end because he carried the team throughout the game. He was one of seven in the fourth quarter in game one uh, when he kicked ass. And he kicked ass again in this game with 35. Uh, and, and yeah, he didn't finish the job there at the end on the floor, but he just needed someone to come along with him. I always think, like, who is the second best player on this Hawks team? Who's going to show up? Sometimes it's Collins, uh, but they desperately needed Bogdan Bogdanovich to be... Average? Something. You yeah. know, Bogdan, yeah, just, Bogdanovich right yeah, now, to yeah. be honest. Like, just to look like I had himself. some good looks last night, and if one of them goes down, it really changes the fourth quarter. Had a wide open one from the right corner. It seemed like that was a cursed corner for the Hawks because Trey Young had a look from there, too, and they were just both way off. Bogdanovich didn't have it. Herter didn't have it. And with the injuries the Hawks have right now... That's tough, especially with Trey Young definitely laboring in the fourth quarter. Weird game for Trey Young. Had a huge first quarter, huge third quarter. 29 of his 35 points came in those two, but not much in the second. And wasn't doing much in the fourth quarter, so it was kind of the Gallinari show, and it's just the law of diminishing returns there. Like, you're happy to get 18 from Gallinari, but... You're going through a lot of slow down, post up, fadeaways to get to those 18 points. 
how much can you really rely on him to be the second scorer with Trey hampered in the fourth? It was just, uh, it was the Bucks night, um, and the Hawks didn't have enough from their perimeter to, to kind of make up the difference for Middleton being on fire. Yeah, I mean, do you guys think the Hawks would have won the game if Ice Trey doesn't step on the ref's foot there and goes down? Like, what, what do you think? I know it's a sort of impossible to say, but it was weird to see him when he returned like as an off-the-ball guy. That was the strange yeah. part. Like, I mean, it was like he was not the primary initiator uh, because he really couldn't move all that well. And I think he got more than one shot up, uh, Lily, once he returned. Right. But it was one of four. He only made one. Um, but what, what does your gut say? Like, they well, couldn't yeah. stop Middleton. It wouldn't be Trey Young stopping yeah. him anyway, but, you know, they could have used him offensively. What do you think? I, again, they, they sort of answered every other push from Milwaukee. So, you know, they were in a good position, the home team in a playoff game like that. Yeah, they, there's definitely uh, you can make a case. I mean, they sort of, well, I guess they didn't really nearly pull it off in the end anyway. But no. um, they, they just needed, as, as, as the other guys were alluding to there, Bogdanovich basically to hit a couple of shots or Kevin Huerta to hit some more as well. And they just couldn't get him. John Collins got in foul trouble as well. He was in and out a little bit of the lineup. And, uh, and Nate McMillan sort of struggled with a big because Okongwu gave them some decent minutes. Capella he was, was like, fantastic in his yeah. minutes. Like incredible against Giannis at least. In his um, stopper. Yeah. You know, and then, but then Capella doesn't really give them that offensive push that they need as well. So he just seemed to be struggling. And Lou Will didn't really get anything going for them last night. So, um, you know, whether well, I, it gets... Well, can you not look at McMillan and go, okay, maybe, first off, why did you put Collins to the bench for that long with the foul trouble? I think he went a little too long with that and was playing it a little too reserved. One issue. And then maybe because you need somebody to try and slow down Middleton when he gets it going there. Why not try Cam Reddish at that point? I mean, you don't have Hunter, like Trey said. That would be mm. huge. But, like, anybody... Do you just, like, at that point get, like, funky with it? Try something else? Because there was no stop. Maybe, or maybe there's no answer to him when he's got it going yeah, like that. He's in I the mean, groove. He was obviously fantastic, but I just think the, the Hawks' offense just didn't really seem to have a whole lot of options either. You know, mm. I mean, like say, Gallinari was good for them last night, but mm-hmm. when you're going to him, he takes up a good 15 to 16 seconds of the, thought just of the shot clock just establishing his position there, yeah, you know, and yeah. then a couple of times he hit those fadeaways, but when, you, when it was kind of like, this is really their best option right now, that's when you knew they were in a bit of trouble because, uh, you know, he's serviceable, but... Uh, you need someone you need just again someone else Bogdanovich that knee is I think is hampering but he still played 35 minutes last night so if you're on the court you're healthy in the playoffs you know you, you, no one makes excuses and, and Bogdanovich got his looks he just can't hit anything right now he had a 3 clunker. of 16 on Sunday yeah. and like he hasn't yeah. been able to shoot for the last ever since no, he got and, injured of course in Philly series he can't and shoot. they need him as well to be kind of like a, a facilitator at times but he can't yeah. really do that so you're relying on Lou Williams and again we know what he's capable of but he's also not the sort of guy who you want to be relying on a victory to come from so uh, yeah the Hawks just didn't see their offense at times looked really good but there was also plenty Plenty of times last night where it just seemed to come down and there was no ball movement at all. It was either Trey or Bogdanovich just kind of dribbling around and then just like, you know what, I'm just going to shoot it and hope. Uh, and that's where I think they ran into problems. So that's the, that is definitely a problem here. And, and again, credit to the Bucks defense for that because a couple of times Giannis switched out on Trey and it didn't get blown by. So yeah. clearly the Trey banged from, a three in his eye the one time. Yeah, but, but, but you're right. I mean, that, it makes him think a lot differently when he's on. Exactly. Yeah. Other than that, Trey was kind of looking around for other options because yeah. Giannis was like, I'm not jumping. I'm not biting. He's yeah. quick enough to sort of recover if Trey gets past him. And uh, he wasn't able to do that Trey last night uh, as effectively as he was in game one. So the Bucks have clearly done their homework after the first game and uh, and now, you know, seem to have figured out the Hawks a little bit and the Hawks offense uh, doesn't have a whole lot of variety to it. 
Yeah, Hawks fans definitely have the 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 excuse in their heads that if Trey Young is healthy in the fourth quarter, then we win this game, which right. is could be fair. And, and Nate McMillan's uh, move was to take Clint Capella out for the entire fourth quarter and and go with guys that provided a little bit more space out there and. No one else was really dribbling on on the Hawks team. Yeah. Uh, it was just it was the the Gallinari show where we're just watching. It's a little mellow esque, you know. Do your thing, man. And then the the, <laughs> the the dribbling absolutely stopped. And I think Nate McMillan said, you know, Bogdanovich isn't doing it. Uh, Kevin Herter is, you know, he I thought he had a, like a decent game, the best four of eleven game I, I've ever seen, probably. <laughs> um, but but yeah, they just needed space out there, and I think that's what Nate McMillan was thinking with right. the, with this. And uh, Trey, you know, wasn't getting into the paint. Whether he was injured or not, as I said, though he was he was one of seven in in games one in the fourth quarter of game one, and then you know followed this one up with a, a slowdown in, in the fourth quarter as well. He needs some help. I mean, he's doing a freaking ton. He like to to ridicule or to, to to poke holes in a guy who had thirty five on twelve of twenty three shooting. Uh, it's it's yeah, we could say Bogdanovich was hurt, but I mean, a lot of the shots were just open, and, and he was off. Unless you know he's. It just feels off when he's shooting. It just, uh, yeah, those were those were just not going through, and that's and that's the sad part. And the Bucks, you know, for every year, we look at this Bucks team, and they just don't look right in the fourth quarter. They were the ones with the confidence and were calm, cool, and collected into the fourth quarter. Uh, they just look like you know a guy like Giannis in his eighth year already just now looks like he's you know, ready to lead a team. I mean, I think we could talk about Middleton, but like, like you said, uh, Skeets, I mean, he is the guy that is amazing. He's, he's, he's dropping 30 every single night. It's the quietest 30 uh, because we just, you know, talk about what he can't do and the free throws have taken over the narrative and, mm-hmm. and that kind of crap. Uh, but, uh, man, the guy is he's finding his holes in the defense and uh, he's not forcing it. And, uh, yeah, everybody's just – Rides his back. This is a this is a different fourth quarter Bucks team that we've seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like he's like a starting pitcher, Trey, and he gives you eight good innings. You know, maybe only gave up a run, he got you there, but they they need a sort of like a guy again to like hit a shot um, from the perimeter, and that and that's Giannis's one weakness because you're not going to like go to him on the perimeter and say. Hit us a pull-up jumper. Though he had that beautiful little fadeaway working out of the post. That, a nice that, fadeaway. That was big. I felt like uh, watching the game at home, like the Hawks crowd going like, oh, damn, man. If he's hitting that, we're, uh, we're in real trouble here. But, yeah, he gives you those eight great innings. And then you need, like, a again, if it's Middleton, be your closer. It'd be your Eckersley or whoever else is a good closer in the uh, MLB nowadays. <laughs> I'm uh, dating myself with that reference. Who's, a, who's, like, the best closer in the MLB right now? Who is it? They even, do they even do that anymore? I don't even know. They, they it's all like, about the bullpens these yeah. days, Skeets. You're asking for five innings from your starters. Yeah, Cover right. Their fingers will be covered in sticky stuff so they can up their spin rates, and then you're going to the bullpen. Um, <laughs> but Giannis, you know, he was that old school Roger Clemens kind of starter piling up the yeah. innings. He had what last night? 33-11? and 11. I think that's his ninth 30-10 and 10 game of the postseason so far, the most since Shaq. Had 13 back in 2000. He hit that uh, little fadeaway like you're mentioning. Skeets hit a three-pointer, but didn't really settle for jumpers. No. Uh, Giannis has been pretty determined to get to the rim here. Not worried about missing free throws, like Lee's saying. It is fun to count as many seconds as you possibly can <laughs> yeah. in 10 seconds. Because, I mean, in that crowd, we are not close to leaving the Mississippis in. We're like, no. one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six, seven, eight, nine, cool. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. How many seconds can you possibly say in the count of 10 seconds i don't know but lee is like 
zoomed in, 100% locked in, <laughs> waiting to see the ball just barely touch Giannis's fingertips as soon as it hits. One, two, three, four, five, six. This guy. I had, I had a guy. Face Giannis, he said, all I want to do is be the man for three quarters, and then Drew or Chris Middleton can take us home, yeah. and it's working for the Bucks. Yeah, I had a dude beside me say, we've got to speed this up. We've got to speed the count up. <laughs> like, like it was going to work on Giannis, number one. And number two, like, yeah, how, how many, like, you need, you need some air time. You, you, that's what Mississippi <laughs> is for. I mean, seconds don't go that fast. I mean, if we all had our iPhones out and we pressed start on our timer. Oh, I, I mean, hold them up. I like yeah. that. Set it a gets timer. Close. Set a 10-second timer. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be very funny. Oh my gosh. I will, I will say as well, Dwight Howard was in attendance last night along the yeah. baseline. I couldn't really confirm it from my vantage point, but it looked like he was also joining in the count at one point <laughs> behind and his mouth. he's had done to him before. Exactly, exactly. He knows all about it. And I was like, man, I wish I had the camera on that then because it certainly looked like he was joining in. You know Dwight would be into that for yeah. sure. You know, so. Hey, listen, we got one air ball out of it as well, so I think the job was done. You know, <laughs> Six I think, of 13, uh, I think. Yeah, shot that's not bad. Not that's not bad. He, bad, he, not he, great. Yeah, not Under great. 15%, but, uh, come on, mate. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, look. He, You're going he, soft. He, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, it was one of those things like I was enjoying it because it was so much fun. But I was also like kind of rooting for Giannis to be like, just knock him down, man. No, right. shut us up, man. Shut us up. But, uh, he, you know, he, he wouldn't quite do it. But uh, an air ball is a great thing to chant as well or to sing when someone hits an air ball. Sure. Just everyone just collectively in that wave of air ball. <laughs> That's great. So much fun. Oh Sunday I'm, night at the Fortress. I'm really regretting not going to the game now because you seem to have had the greatest time of your life in game three. Uh, I, I, almost so filmed, I almost filmed Lee getting into the defense chance. Oh, I mean, he yeah. was He was going forward. He kind of had his mask half on and half off. He was leaning forward. The locks were flowing. I'm uh, telling you, man, standing room is the way to watch an NBA game. Because sure, you can. You can get into it. You're not standing in anyone's way. Did You're you guys go it. to the exact same spot? It looked like it yeah. from your photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Wow. You got your spot. I like that. <laughs> They're going to put a little plaque there. This is where Lee Ellis stands yeah. or something like that. A little chalk outline where you stand. <laughs> it's, um, ama- it's amazing, though. It, yeah, just watching the free throws is amazing. Everybody's does the count and when when he misses they're like yeah we did that <laughs> yeah we that, was did. Awesome. that was us good d everybody yeah. good d everybody then it goes through oh man we could have done that better should we speed it up how yeah. are we gonna how are we gonna get to Yanis? but we talk about the stuff he can't do but as trey said the 30 and 10 numbers are freaking ridiculous and the only reason he didn't have a, a longer streak here is because they smoked the hawks in game two yeah uh because he's had 30 and 10 since June 10th. I mean, it's it's just a, a run here, you know, into the Brooklyn, basically the beginning of the Brooklyn series where he's smoking hot, man. He had one bad game there at the beginning of the Brooklyn series. He was slow in the first round, but since then, whew. God, all he does, it feels like, is just spin one. He's turning into Siakam out there. He just got, But he spins, and then he just, like, with his go-go gadget arms, just, like, dunks or lays it up over, like, the, the secondary defender that comes and helps out. It's, like, the best case to stop him right now is just to hope when he spins and he drops the ball or, like, you can, like, get a second uh, swipe in at it. Because that happened a couple times. A couple times, uh, yeah. Play the spin. Exactly yeah. right. Because he's doing it every single time, it feels like. Uh, but it's it's working because he's putting up these numbers. Um Bobby Portis, like, somebody slipped it in there. I thought he was awesome. Just, like, energy change. 15 points, I think, he had off the bench and pretty limited role. 
you've got to keep playing him, but don't overthink that because he's just a spark. Pat Connington, I thought was pretty good too. I mean, the box score shows like a plus 25, yeah. but I think he had that nice block. Now, I think he maybe fouled him, but was it on Bogdanovich on the two on one fast break? Where I think Pat yeah. Connaughton got he, he got a block he got credited yeah. with a block again there may have been a little hand uh, slap in there but he, he was just like again those th- those are the type of guys that the Bucks need just like a little spark a little energy uh, and he was great and then PJ Tucker I haven't seen anybody talk about him at all but when I was watching the fourth quarter from home when the Hawks were up and the Bucks were trailing there was like a stretch there like yeah Middleton was scoring everything so of course that that deserves the headline but Tucker was making all those Tucker like plays like he was diving out of bounds mm. one he didn't unfortunately he unfortunately didn't save but he like thudded off the ground but there's another one he saved he was just like he was everywhere on defense if you go back and watch it it was awesome you're like oh yeah this is why you go get PJ Tucker like he is actively telling people where to go is like KG like it was just cool like a little little stretch there where I was like, damn, Tucker maybe like changed the game too a little bit, uh, at least defensively. So I thought he was great. Um, any other notes from this one, though, Lily? Well, when you're talking about KG, like Bobby Portis was doing the hand clap a couple of times with Trey. He was like, bring it on, man, bring it on. Like the real crazy man defender. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I know Bobby Bobby hit, a, uh, I think he hit two threes last night. He certainly hit a huge one there in the first half. And uh, he gave them good energy. And again, Pat Connaughton, four offensive rebounds last right. night. I mean, that's what you want from a from a role player. It's like, you know, maybe the shots aren't there for you tonight. The offense, is, offense isn't calling for you. But go out there and make yourself effective. And I'm, I'm pretty sure two of those offensive rebounds led to three-pointers uh, for Milwaukee. So they're, they're They almost swing. always do, don't they? Those yeah, offensive rebounds. Exactly. They get kicked out and a guy steps into it. And, it's like, and oh, where he came from, from to get those offensive rebounds, it was just like he was on the perimeter. The shot went up and no one was boxing him out. No one was paying any attention to him. And he went in there and just uh, it's a hustle, hard work play. So... Coaches love that from the guys who, you know, again, they're, they're not really a part of the offense, not a factor, and they do get the shot occasionally, but they have to sort of make their own uh, worth out there on the court, and I thought he was really good for them last night. I mean, no one was bad for the Bucks. I didn't think, last night. I mean, Brooke uh, Lopez, Drew Holiday was pretty good, uh, well, offensively. Yeah, Drew offensively wasn't too bad, but yeah. defensively, yeah, again, the pressure that they put on Trey from the start, picking him up pretty much full court, just getting in his face, just making it a little bit more uncomfortable for him than they <laughs> well, did Well, it wasn't that one. uncomfortable. I mean, he hit two floaters and a three to start the game. <laughs> yeah, he did, but but again, that you've got to give so much credit to Trey for that because he yeah. goes into the paint. You know, he busts down that defense, and he's like, "I need to get something going." And they didn't have much else, so uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty impressive all round performance from Milwaukee. Okay, so I have a couple questions. Uh, first one: Have tickets been purchased already? Standing room only tickets for Game Four on Tuesday night. Lee, I'll, I'll throw that at you. No, no, uh, <laughs> I wasn't planning on going last night. Um, there was oh. a t- a, two tickets came available for $80 on Saturday during lunch, right? I don't like having my phone out when I'm with the boys at a, at a restaurant, right? <laughs> a lunch deal. Oh, and I'm like, bye, 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 bye. And I couldn't get them. It kept saying, oh. like, honestly, for over an hour, it kept saying someone else has bought these tickets. They're no longer available. I was like, well, get rid of them then. Why can I keep on seeing them? And then my wife actually was like, I've got one here for 125 Do you want it? And I'm like, what if I get the, you know, and then she's like, do you want me to buy others? And I'm like, just, just buy that one, buy that one, just buy that one. I don't know. And then, yeah, so I got, I got mine that way, but I okay. uh, haven't, haven't bought any for tomorrow night. Not expecting to go. Not expecting to go. I don't like having my phone up during lunch, but I had it out for an hour. For an my hour. wife had hers. Out. Well, I wasn't, I just was not expecting to get tickets i just like i was like i'm not going and then it was like they were teasing me and they kept me kept me in so uh yeah They're i haven't cheap. looked actually for tomorrow night but um yeah you know i can't believe how cheap they were in the end for for game three standing room only 
you know, maybe East Finals, I, baby. Well, maybe they were trying to pack that concourse, get some more people <laughs> in there because so. they they were priced to sell for sure. <laughs> uh, and then my other question with this series moving forward, and I'll start with you, Tass, is like. Uh, are there first off any uh, look, look fingers crossed the MRI on Trey's ankle is like not serious he tweaked it it's hopefully that jeez because if he is out the series is a wrap I don't think I'm saying anything like far-fetched there but let's hope he plays in game four whether or not we're there down at the fortress or not are there changes that the Hawks can do that you see Tass um you know outside of hitting more shots which is always the <laughs> answer are there lineup changes you know, bringing somebody like maybe going away from Bogdanovich. I mean, he's not giving you anything defensively and he can't hit a shot. Like, what would you do? Or do they just like stay the course and try and get back in the series with a, obviously what would probably need another big Trey Young performance? What do you think? Well, I, I, the recipe was there for them to win yesterday. Yeah, Giannis and, and Chris Middleton went nuts, 30 plus points, but they did hold everybody else down to a decent number. When it when all is said and done, uh, they got to box out more of those offensive rebounds from the guys in the corner. You know mm-hmm. where they're coming from. They're sprinting mm-hmm. from the corner. Get a body on them, uh, and uh, you know Bogdanovich is trying as much as he possibly can. I, I think um, so. I mean, in a perfect world, they were all healthy throughout the end of the season. Maybe Cam Reddish is your defensive stopper. Maybe even you see some Chris Dunn minutes out there, and maybe everybody is driving and they're moving the ball, but. I, I, I don't really see the lineup change happening. I would go big more. I, I can't stand the uh, the Gallinari Collins because Giannis just even if he isn't going in, he's just so confident. You know, drawing two or three guys in the middle, and then the offensive rebounds uh, happen because everybody's looking at Giannis. I I, I want more Clint Clint, but uh, I mean it's all. <laughs> It's all there. It's what a, about the, the rook? More there. shine for the rook on Giannis? Do you give it a, you know, he gave you great 9, 10 minutes in game three. Do you try and yeah. up that a little bit and maybe get him up to 15, 16 with him think, playing Giannis? Yeah. I think one Dark. one of Clint or, or him have to be on the floor at all times. For okay. me, I, I don't like the uh, the praying with JC and, and Danilo. I sure. just don't. I can't. I can't stand. And, and listen, uh, yeah, we talked about Danilo Gallinari. The guy can score, obviously. He had 18 on 7 of 14, but um, it's... I don't know if that was just a, a desperate move. Like, we're not seeing Bogdanovich hit shots. We're not seeing Herter hit shots. And let's just go to Gallo. Yeah. But it does slow down everything. It just, yeah, the ball stops. Totally. Uh, but they Trey, don't really have any other options is the problem because right now Bogdanovich is playing Kirk Heinrich basketball out there. He just wants to stay on the perimeter. If there's an open three-pointer, I'm going to take it. He's not going to be driving in the lane and creating for anybody. Need a little bit of Game 7 Kevin, I feel like. Uh, Herter's got to really show up in the perimeter. He scored 32 points in this series so far. They need more from him if he's going to be in the starting lineup. Because then if he's hitting, maybe you can be okay with sitting Bogdanovich down and getting Solomon Hill out there to at least play defense, give you a little size or something like that. But at this point, we're discussing whether the Hawks should go to Solomon Hill or an injured Bogdanovich or an old man Danilo Gallinari. It just feels a little bit like uh, the lack of firepower is adding up for the Hawks. I would have liked to see Capella too. I was shocked to get in the elevator last night going back to my car. Another Hawks fan in me said, where was Capella in that fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. Did not expect to have a Clint Capella conversation <laughs> on the Capella Vader, but yeah. I was feeling the same way. 
he's at least big. Um, and the Hawks just look tiny out there when Collins is the only big guy compared to if it's Brooke Lopez out there or if it's Giannis out there. Like, Lopez looks like he's two times wider than anybody else that's out there on the Hawks. They just need a little bit of something to give him um, some toughness on the inside. But I'm hoping we go uh, for game four sure. down there on Tuesday because I did get one video of the countdown last night. Take a look. It's a quick count. It's a quick count, and I saw. I think you can see Lee Ellis yeah. there getting full body into his countdown. We had a guy walk up to Lee, tap him on the shoulder. Hey, buddy! Oh, sorry, wrong guy. Mistook your hair for someone else's. Somebody thought they recognized Lee's long, flowing wow. locks as a friend. Went for the straight up tap in between us. Oh, I was man. a bold move by that guy. <laughs> What a fun night it was, no, man. Dude, what a fun this night. This is on cloud nine, man. It's, I, love it. I love to see it, man. Basketball. It's a great sport, isn't it? All yeah. right. Let's uh, let's take a break. we got to talk about the other series, the West Finals, uh, as we head into another game in that series tonight. we got some Blazers news with their coaching hiring. But we'll take a quick break. Lily, what do you got? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Back with no dunks. Let's go to Saturday night. Suns outlast the Clippers, eighty-four to eighty. Take the three-one lead in the West Finals. It sure wasn't pretty at times. But TK, uh, what's your big takeaway here from uh, the Suns? One game away from the NBA Finals. Eighty-four to eighty, lowest scoring game in the NBA this season. Low scores. Means a lot of missed shots, a lot of missed shots, means a lot of roast beef. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. DeAndre Ayton had 22 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. Hey, DeAndre, that's an A1. No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First beef of the year for DeAndre Ayton. Love to see it for a few reasons. Number one, I picked him as a potential beefer early in the season. Nice to see him finally come through in the playoffs. 
More importantly, however, this is the best storytelling beef of the season really growing in my filmmaking. Because this beef, I feel like, actually tells you a lot about this game. For instance, you saw a ton of offensive rebounds for Ayton. He finished with nine in this game. That is huge in a game that sat, had 164 points. The Suns won the second chance battle in game four, 13 to seven, instrumental in the victory. And you also saw a lot of Paul George misses. Paul George went Paul George went five of twenty in game four, finished with twenty-three points. He ended up on a sports center graphic with Bob Cousy. <laughs> Apparently Paul George has the third most playoff games all time, shooting twenty-five percent or worse, coming in after Bob Cousy and Tommy Heinsohn. Tough to be on a graphic with the guys who invented jump shots. Yikes, but Paul George shot 18 free throws. That's nice. Everybody was missing. It wasn't necessarily Paul George not being able to shoot that cost the Clippers the game. They just don't have the margin for error for Paul George to go out there and shoot 5 of 20. It was an ugly game, uh, but the Suns should honestly win these ugly games. They've got the better big guy out there. They've got a slightly better defense, and they've got a healthier team. So Aiton, I thought, was huge uh, for the Suns in this one. He played well. Paul George did not play well, and it kind of came down to that when there's so few points scored. Oh, my God. It's one of these things. Like, I watched it live on Saturday night, but, like, when we get to Monday, it feels so long ago that Mm. I'm like, "Ah, I need a little refresher. Like, what the hell happened in that game? So you fire up those, like, seven to ten minute, like, uh, highlight recaps, Lee. You know the videos I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. And I watched it again this morning, and it was like, oh, my God. I forgot sort of how bad this game was. Like, the highlights... The package, the seven-minute video, like, ended with, like, the free throw stuff. You know, like, Cousins, like, uh, totally Mm, botching the missed free throw, but Paul George sort of successfully doing it, though they didn't get the ball. All this, I was like, oh, my God. I forgot how bad this game was. But what were your takeaway from the the yucky 84-80 win? But who cares for Suns fans? It doesn't matter. The Clippers have outscored Phoenix in this series by three points. Yeah, it's crazy. They they lost game one by, what, six points. They lost this one by four, and they uh, lost the other one by a point, and they won by 14 when they did win. So it just shows you how close... This series actually is, even though the Suns probably end it tonight back in Phoenix. I think the Clippers uh, probably let go of the rope a little bit because they've been so close and there's only so many times you can sort of keep on fighting and get a different result. And uh, look, I think there's also a factor that they've played 17 games in 36 nights. I think that does come into play a little bit. They, they look heavy and, Chris, and Paul George missing a lot of those shots was short on the front of the rim. And to me, that is an indication that he just doesn't quite have the energy because he hasn't really had a chance to rest. And, you know, the Clippers, they, they keep on battling. They keep on sort of getting close, but they just can't close out a game uh, other than the, the one victory they had there in game three. So... This is uh, tough, but it is great to see Chris Paul uh, on the verge of making the finals. I think that, you know, whether you love him or hate him, I think a lot of people respect the fact that he's one of the greatest point guards we've ever seen, and he's been cursed in the playoffs, and he looks like now he's going to get a chance to finally go to the finals. It's funny to see it on the Phoenix Suns. That's not the first team you associate (laughs) with Chris Paul, but uh, I'll be very happy for him if he does make it. And, uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton, going back to him, I think he's probably overall been Phoenix's best player in this series. I mean, it's funny when Devin Booker's been good, but uh, mm-hmm. I think DeAndre Ayton actually at both ends of the floor has had you know, probably a bigger impact. He, he's been really good. And a, a part of that is the fact that the Clippers don't really have a great body who they can go out there and uh, challenge him with because he's long and he's athletic. And, uh, you know, Zubats has given it everything he's got, but Ayton is just better and he's really grown so much in these playoffs. So, uh 
where things are for Phoenix right now. And Chris Paul didn't want to talk 3-1 with Rachel Nichols. He shot that down straight away after the game because he knows it's not over until it's over. Uh, but they get a great chance tonight to end the series, get some rest, and uh, they have potentially about 10 games before opening the finals at home, no matter who their opponent is. And uh, I think that's... I think that's good. I mean, it's a long time, though, to be off. So a long uh, time. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's one of those things. Monty's probably like, wouldn't mind a couple more games. But of course, well, you that's don't so want similar to the break they had between uh, these last two series, yeah, right? The, yeah. the semis um, and then the conference finals. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, again, I think for someone like Chris Paul, it's good to get him uh, a little bit extra rest. But uh, when you're playing well, you want to keep on playing. You don't want too much time to lose that sort of uh, rhythm that you're in. But anyway... Not a great game to watch. You sort no, of felt like no. it would have been nice if the Clippers <laughs> mm-hmm. could have won it to keep them alive, but it just feels now they've got to obviously win out from here, and uh, I just think they're going to let go of the rope. I think tonight could get ugly in Phoenix. I think it's going to be uh, a, a pretty much a blowout. Ooh, you sense like a little avalanche there. Yeah. You know, they hit a couple yeah. shots early. Yeah, I, I could see that happening too. But, Tass, what do you think of uh, this one on Saturday night? Anything to add to it? I, I think we've been spoiled with incredible basketball basically throughout the entire postseason. And then you get a stinker like this that usually happens a little bit more often, I'd say. Really, really, you know, a bad shooting game. It was just wild to see these two teams just clank, clank, clank uh, in the fourth quarter there. Uh, I went to bed at halftime, and uh, I had had a few too many drinks, I think. my, (laughs) my My baby girl's birthday on Saturday, so I had a few, and I was ready to go to bed. But because I had those drinks in my system, I woke up at about 4.30, and uh, was not going back to bed. So I watched the second half in bed. And I watched. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Well, it's almost like just a depressing visual. I don't know why. 4.30 in the morning watching this game in particular. Yeah, from bed, I, right? I get what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. But, I mean, it's pretty cool. You just pick up your phone. You can watch a whole second half. Hide the box score. <laughs> I had no idea. Hide it the is. Box yeah. yeah. It's, it's the high box score option is on. Yeah. I got it's no idea good. who's winning this game. No sure. idea. Just stay away from the WhatsApp groups. Stay away from everything else. And second half, yeah, it was just clank. But the, it, it is so, so strange. You mentioned Paul George having an off night. Reggie Jackson was just not himself. I mean, we've been uh, obviously overwhelmed with how good he's been. Mm-hmm. Through the first three games, shooting over 50%. In the whole Utah Jazz series, series before, shooting over 50%. So when he has an 8 of 24 night, uh, when he just picks up the ball and raises up and hits shots... That was really the, the difference for me. I mean, yeah, you can get away with uh, Paul George being like that if you have this crazy hot Reggie we've had, and that didn't work. But, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, man, that was number one pick stuff. In that first half especially, uh, showing the touch. Uh, he had that alley-oop where he, he kind of pulled what Giannis pulled in, in game two against the Hawks with the, the Euro step finger roll over Clint Capella. But it was an alley-oop, and he, he finger-rolled it in the touch from a seven-footer. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's gorgeous stuff, man. That he is, uh, yeah. He's showing the offensive skill set and uh, Chris Paul post game saying we're going to get DeAndre Ayton that bag this postseason. Uh, yeah, they're obviously uh, on the same page, uh, and uh, it, it it really has been a super close series. Although, it, yeah, I, I do agree it's probably going to end in five because yeah, you just had that DeAndre Ayton dunk on your head in game two. It's hard to come back from. Uh, and, and they did. They fought back, uh, but but they kind of had to get both at home, I think. So that's that's the tough one. They they lose this one, and man, it's it's been an entertaining series. I'd I'd watch all five of these games in my bed if I could go back. I'd watch all five of these. It was tough. Yeah, tough ending there. Tough tough ending there for the Clippers who have fought back, and obviously Kawhi still up in the bleachers. Um, and you know when 
when Steve Ballmer's got his head down in his hands, you know things are bad. When Paul George right. missed that free throw, and he's just, uh, you know, with a guy who's always Mr. Positive, things yeah. are bad right now. Yeah, Mike Breen with one of the most legendary calls in postseason <laughs> so history, though, when the Clippers cut it to six in the third quarter. <laughs> and, you know, Staples Center was going crazy. They were going nuts, but then they showed Kawhi just sitting there, stone cold. Kawhi Leonard going crazy, drops Breen. <laughs> so good. Hilarious line. Um, but, yeah, Lee, I thought you were for sure going to drop uh, practice your free throws, kids, or that's why you do it. Or also you need to practice missing your free throws intentionally, too, because of the ending of that game. Because, yeah, Paul George missed that big one, like Tass said. But then he did the later on, because there was a lot of free throws at the end. Yeah. And there was, interestingly, not a video review of uh, a potential, like, could have been a uh, game-changing uh, overturn of like who the ball went out of bounds. I think it was Batum that knocked it out. And then they're saying, well, hey, what happened to the, the other one we did with Booker and Beverly? We looked at it, and we did the super slow-mo, and then, oh, it went off on him. They just didn't even do it this time. I think Zach Zarba was like, no, we're not doing that again. <laughs> no, 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 just play on. Uh, anyway, but what did you think about the free throws? At the end? And then Cousins, like, yeah. I don't know what the hell he was doing. I guess he was just trying to replicate what Paul George had done. Where you bang it off the rim, but he wasn't even close. Yeah. Like it was ten feet over. It looked like, but uh, look, it? I can never endorse a practice missing free throws. I just can't. Ah, I can't. It you just, should. You should. No, yeah, no, we've no, talked I, to Brent Barry about this before, I know. man. Listen, when That's you the get next level, when yep. you get to the NBA, then yes, you're fine. But I can't say to kids practice missing your free throws. Get out <laughs> okay, there and fair. just knock them in. Okay, yeah. It's. I mean, look, an ugly game with an ugly ending. It kind yeah. of was like fitting. Really, it was like, oh god, this is even uglier than we sort of. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have gotten uglier, but it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Boogie missed it by a mile. And uh, there was one where he 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 doesn't seem to understand that has to at least hit the rim. Like it can't just hit the backboard. So uh, he knows that. He just saw it. I mean, I, I don't know. I think he <laughs> yeah. just. But that, I think in a game like that, it, everyone's kind of like you start questioning yourself. Like, oh, hang on, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just end this game. Are oh, you just saying if you do it with enough confidence that uh, yeah, everyone's sometimes like, I guess, yeah, uh, you don't yeah. have to? No. try to trick everyone else to believe. No, no, that's the rule. That's you know, that's the thing. But uh, you know, this series, of course, with the DeAndre Ayton tip in to win game two, you know, that was a rule that everyone was like, oh, I didn't think he was allowed to do that, but he right, was. Right. So we're learning new things about this game or this, uh, you know, during this series. So. Uh, yeah, just just one of those games where you're like, oh, we've got to end it, man. Get rid of it. It's done. This yeah. is not pretty. We're not re-watching this. No, no. Uh, Trey, I know the other guys feel like it's going to end tonight in Phoenix. Do you feel the same way, or, or do the Clippers have a little fight left in them? They, they do surprise us from time to time. Clippers have been their best when the cards are down, so I'm not with Lee and thinking that this is going to be a blowout, but okay. I will be taking the Suns to end things tonight. Um... Are they going to be wearing their black jerseys? I feel like they've worn black jerseys at home for almost every game this postseason. Going to be very weird if the iconic jersey we remember Chris Paul in is a gradient the Valley jersey, but it could be. Um, when they're playing at home with the with uh, with the gradient court, it's lit, buddy. Uh, it's loud uh, in Phoenix, so they definitely got a home court advantage. Uh, Chris Paul's looking healthier and healthier, so yeah, I'm going uh, with Phoenix tonight. Yeah, the Clippers, it feels like they're going to have to withstand that. That At some point early in this game, I assume there will be a Suns run, and the Clippers just have to somehow like stick around just enough, uh, you know, keep the crowd just at bay enough, and uh, whatever, keep it to 10, 8, 6. Like, just don't get behind too much, or I think it will get out of control. But we will see. That's tonight, and we'll talk about it 
uh, on tomorrow's show. I didn't realize, you rightly, that there could be a 10-day break for them, though, if they wrap it up, Phoenix. That's going to yeah. be a lot of Chris Paul think pieces. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and Good podcasts. for Devin Booker's nose, probably, though, in that sense. That, uh, That's true. Well, he ditched the mask in this one. Yeah. That's one little <laughs> yeah. story from this. It didn't really didn't help him all that much, if we're being honest. Nobody could shoot. It was contagious out there. Nobody could uh, actually hit a basket. Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right, well, we had some more coaching news over the weekend, guys, and there's, a, there's actually a lot to unpack with this one. So the Blazers have hired Chauncey Billups as their next head coach. The team reached an agreement on a five-year deal with the Clippers assistant that includes a team option on the last season. Before making a formal offer, the Blazers continued investigating a 1997 rape allegation against Billups. Now, no criminal charges were brought, but Billups settled uh, a civil lawsuit filed by the woman. I'm actually embarrassed. I don't know about you guys to say I didn't even... I don't know if I didn't know this or I sure didn't remember this uh, Billups incident from back in 97. I, I don't think I'm alone on that. But, of course, the Blazers ultimately found nothing that they believe disqualified Billups from becoming the franchise's next head coach here. But there's been some backlash, uh, Tass. And according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, that backlash from this coaching search, plus concerns over you know their ability to build a title contender, could, this is from Haynes at Yahoo Sports, could be leading to uh, Lillard, being upset, disgruntled, and maybe even asking for a trade out of Portland. So again, there's a lot going on here. Um, but what do you make of all this news with Billups as the head coach and then the sort of fallout here with Lillard? Well, yeah, start with the Lillard part. I, I think it sucks that Damian Lillard had to come out and, and say something through Chris Haynes because obviously yeah, Chris Haynes on Yahoo wrote this thing, but it's obviously just directly from Damian Lillard's yeah. mouth. Uh, so what happened was 
Damian Lillard was asked on Twitter, what coaches do you like that are being mentioned? And he said, I like Jason Kidd. I like Chauncey Billups, essentially. And we want players to speak their minds. And so, you know, people ridiculed him and got very angry at him that Chauncey Billups had this rape allegation in his past. And Damian Lillard felt the need to to say something because of all the ridicule he had took. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I hate it for Damian Lillard. I, I mean, I'm sure he's sitting back there thinking, all this that I gave to this city, to this franchise, and it feels like he's being canceled. But no one is canceling Damian Lillard. But it, it sure feels that way. I mean, I'm sure uh, everybody on Twitter coming at him um, – made him feel like he wasn't appreciated. So I, I think that's on the unfortunate part because at the same time, we want uh, NBA players to bypass the media and to be able to say what they want. And it, it, really, he was just backing uh, a, a guy that he knows in the league that's a champion, that uh, has put in his time as an assistant. And uh, you know, regardless, he said he had no idea about the allegation uh, in the late 90s. And that's, and that's that. Uh, but he felt the need to say, hey, um, I'm not really happy right now, so please print this, Chris Haynes. I mean, that's that's not on the record that he said that, but it's on the record that he said that. He he came out and used uh, Chris Haynes as a conduit to talk to everybody, but we don't want the conduit. We want him to be able to say that. So I, I, I hate it because Damian Lillard just has been incredibly loyal, and the issue isn't Chauncey Billups or Terry Stotts or whoever. I mean, the, really, the issue is the the on court product and and what the front office is giving. Chauncey Billups or, or Terry Stotts or whoever. That's the issue. Uh, the issue is really the guys he's going to have around him. And Dale, Damian Lillard is going to be a leader regardless of who those people are around him. And I hope it stays in Portland. I hope it happens in Portland because this is the guy that we said and he has said is going to follow the likes of Dirk and Tim Duncan or Reggie Miller or whoever, all the guys that have stayed with one franchise. That would be shitty. If Damian Lillard left Portland, I, I don't think he is. But to even feel the need to put it out there is just kind of it's just a crappy situation. I, I, I just I don't know why. I, I, you know, Dame, Dame is Dame. And he said what he said, as he said on Twitter. He's like, I, I listen, I like Chauncey Billups. I said that I didn't think he really needed to come out uh, with Chris Haynes unless he really feels like, uh, you know, the the. Whether it's the construction of the group or just being ridiculed is bothering him that much that he may leave. I, I would have mm. hoped he didn't feel that need. Um, but I think him and Chauncey Billups will probably get along. <laughs> and uh, hopefully he's got a better defensive lineup around him. That's really what matters. But I just don't see Dame leaving in his mid-30s. I just, you know, he's, he's into his early 30s now. I, I, I hope this is a one-franchise guy. Trey, what do you think of all this? Uh, I think this is bad for Blazers fans, uh, and I really think uh, it's really it's really bad for Blazers fans. To start with, it feels like 50% of their fan base is being alienated basically right away by hiring Chauncey Billups. You can read um, a play a piece on Blazers Edge that's really good to watch uh, to read. Five women speaking about the hire and mm-hmm. their thoughts after being Blazers fans for years and years. Uh, it started off this offseason um, with a tough loss to the Nuggets. Felt like the team was hanging by a thread. There was the dramatic coaching search that started with Jason Kidd. The fans basically came out and said, don't hire this guy. He has domestic abuse allegations. Now Chauncey Billups has been hired despite credible assault allegations and settling out of court. 
Lillard, it almost feels like he was looking for an out to say that fans are being mean to me online because I backed Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups despite not knowing their past. I mean, I understand how he doesn't know their past. I don't think that that's something that's brought up very often. Uh, Certainly with Chauncey Billups, more so with Jason Kidd, but um, it was going to be a tough summer for Blazers fans with the team possibly falling apart on the court. They have now made their off-court situation way worse for a lot of their fans and especially for their female fans. And now that hire may possibly affect the on-court product as well. So I don't know. It's uh, It's been a bad June for Portland. Lee, uh, anything to add to this? No, really just going to echo those same comments. It's uh, it's bad for the franchise, and uh, it's not something that's just going to be kind of ignored or brushed under the carpet, I don't think, because, uh, you know, it, it's certainly a, a, a murky issue given the past. But I'm like Uskies. I actually didn't know anything about Chauncey Billups, and he's been at ESPN, and he's been working for the Clippers. Um, yep. You know, he was, as far as I knew until pretty much this weekend, a highly regarded player with a good reputation. So I wasn't aware of what had happened back in 1997, but that certainly doesn't mean you, you, you dismiss it. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that you're settling out of court is an acknowledgement that something happened, um, and, and you know, none of us really know exactly what that was. So Portland have... I think, uh, you know, from a public public relations position, really made the franchise look bad right now. Uh, and they, um, you know, it's not something that you can just quickly correct, I think. I think you have to address the issue and discuss it and, and talk about that process. If they said they couldn't find anything that disqualified him, well, they really should say what it was that they, they did then. Because um, if, you know, this isn't disqualifying for Chauncey Billups, then what is? So... Uh, and then you've got your your franchise player, you know, one of the most famous and popular players in the franchise history. He's now in a, a very uncomfortable spot. And um, if they were to, you know, lose Lillard as well because of this, then that's a, a terrible decision for the for the Blazers to uh, hire Chauncey Billups. So we'll see what happens in the next uh, few days and weeks here. Mm-hmm. Sam Hammack reported that D'Antoni, was, if you did the pecking order, it sounded like Billups was at the top, then it was then it was Mike D'Antoni and then possibly Spurs assistant Becky Hammond, who at other times over the last couple days felt like was maybe at the top of that leaderboard. So maybe that makes this even weirder. I guess Blair's, uh, Blazers chairman Jody Allen, she was apparently very interested in making history there by hiring Hammond, and, and now they end up going with Billups and his checkered past, of course, um, which was a, a legit shock to me. I was like, I didn't even know about this, and I'm like an NBA sicko. Um, it's a long time ago. It's 97, but still, uh, crazy stuff. So let's hear from you guys in the stream team. Both the Mavs going with Kid, Blazers going with Billups, and there are still some open options, and Sham's saying, I guess, Penny Hardaway, mm. uh, who coaches at Memphis, the Memphis Tigers there in college, uh, possibility to go back to Orlando and, and be their head coach. So we'll keep our eye on that. We've got a few openings still in New Orleans, in Orlando, and what am I forgetting? There are a couple more. Or is that it now with those two? No, there's one more, and I'm definitely drawing a blank on it. Celtics got their guy. Those other yeah. two I just said got theirs. Rick Carlisle's back in Indiana. Did you say the Pelicans? Washington? Thank yeah, you. Washington. There I knew go. there was one more. Yeah. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, thank you. All right, well, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Okay, I have a tweet from the weekend that's really fun. It's a great question. But actually, this morning, during this show, you guys are quick, and we love it. We're sort of keeping our eye on Twitter sometimes. Uh, Pied Lord Mister 
tweeted, Counsel, the judge is ready for your closing arguments. And if you're listening, a fantastic Photoshop of Lee Ellis in court getting ready to make his case. Uh, good stuff there. Lee, uh, I, I would wear that on a t-shirt if I'm being honest. <laughs> wow, that is quick, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, you look sort of cool with that. Yeah, you know, no, I like it. I like that. Slicking your hair, maybe dye it a little bit gray. <laughs> um, okay, so that's good. That was coming in during the show here. But this is better. Uh, again, a fun question. It's from at Jay Rodman uh, over the weekend here, or maybe even back as far as Friday. I can't remember. But what's your favorite current day player nickname? And we got a funny meme here. You know, it's showing off like these amazing NBA nicknames in the past. This uh, this jacked dog, <laughs> the dude dog. Uh Nicknames like the Iceman, the Admiral, the Human Highlight Film. Those are great, great nicknames. And then NBA nicknames now, blech, KG, KD, AD. I mean, just so simple. So I just love the question. I wanted to throw it at you guys and everybody in the stream team and everybody listening. You can jump in the YouTube comments. What's your favorite current day player nickname, Tass? Do, do you have one that you're like, that's good. You know, that belongs with the Human Highlight Film and the Admiral and the such. I love the uh, the point about the uh, the initials and how we've we've become lazy. I think it's just that we want to name a guy or give a guy a nickname like right away. We don't just let it happen. You right, know, right. you have a baby. Look at that baby for a few weeks, a month, <laughs> two months, then you'll decide. Oh yeah, that baby is the beard. I'm gonna go with that nickname. That's my favorite. <laughs> I, like I like the beard because I think uh, decades and decades of men playing basketball. <coughs> there's never been a beard. Not one beard until this man comes into the league uh, in, in 2009 and becomes, uh, he was a fresh-faced kid, but then became the beard. And it's, it's uh, you know, fitting, obviously. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's unprecedented in NBA history, the fact that he's come in and, and done that. So I'm good with it. And it's, yeah, it's like, you know, he could be a, a mean beard. He, you know, he could be the, the good guy beard, the evil versus good. There's lots of ways to go with it. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that one is... Yeah. It's your favorite? It's made me okay. proud as a basketball fan, not just to name the guy uh, J.H. Doesn't yeah. really roll it doesn't, That sounds bad. Yeah. Yeah. Beard, beard is much better. I just want to know, will he... Will James Beard... James Beard. James Beard! <laughs> That's made even better. Will James Harden have a beard for the rest of his life? Will we ever see James Harden without a beard again? Yes, I think odds? so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yes. yeah. Mark me down. Mark me down for some time in his life. James Harden will have a clean shaven face. Okay, you know? sometime in his playing career? No way. I'll say yes. Wow, I'll take that bet. What do we put in on that? Uh, <laughs> Our beards. Uh, yeah. oh, okay, okay. We'll bet a beard on that one. If we both have beards with James Harden. How does this, how does this okay. work? If well, he retires and I still have my beard, I got to shave. But if he shaves at, all, at any point during his NBA career... You have yes, to that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, cool. Wow, that's Great a good bet. bet. That's a good weird <laughs> bet. Oh, I love it. Okay, uh, but anyway, what's uh, your favorite current day nickname, Trey? Ice Trey. I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, you even had the Iceman on that Doge meme there, and I love that it's kind of a fully formed persona for him as well. We haven't really had a just straight up ice in the NBA. He's got the built-in shiver celebration, which is also super original. Yep. Got the local tie-in with Amigos song, Ice Tray the Gang. I love it. Uh, ice has been a cool nickname for 30 years at this point. We had two rappers who were popular. 
Three if you count vanilla ice. <laughs> Incredible stuff. And now we've got an ice tray uh, playing basketball. I think it's great. And, of mm. course, we got Jim Ice, too, as part of the yeah. NBA family. We do. Yes. Uh, and we have a badass shoot. A badass oh, Trey Young shoot. Love I see. I do nice. like those. Yeah. Ooh. If they were... Yeah. Are those heavy? I want to know if those are heavy. I am assuming they're not. I'd like nah. to try those. Um, Lee, what do you got here? Favorite current day nickname. Is it Red Velvet? No, I'm going with the donk. Oh, Why not? <laughs> you can't go with the donk. With the it's donk. Not a real nickname. I mean, sure, it hasn't really taken off, but I like it. I like the donk. And I heard it, I think it was um, Maria Taylor one time on ESPN said, you know, the donk. I was like, okay, no, that's good enough. It's made it to ESPN. But honestly, the Slim Reaper is a great nickname too yeah. for Kevin Durant. Yeah. That is an awesome nickname. But he's never really embraced it. I would say. He anti-embraced it, didn't yeah. he? Uh, Did he? Yeah, uh, yeah, a long time ago. I don't know how yeah. he feels about it now. Call me the servant, he said. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Call that, me the, the servant. servant. Didn't, didn't really also catch didn't on. Also didn't catch on. No, no. Yeah. Uh, people are the saying the, cl- the claw for Kawhi. They like that one. Oh, Swipe of the Fox is a good one, too, for De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> that's, his, uh, that's his Twitter handle, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's rolling yeah. with it, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan, but then again, I don't even know the cartoon or yeah. something like that. That's uh, Dora. Thing. It's Dora. That's Dora. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. You're a big fan of Dora? Oh, I mean, we've had Dora. Uh, we've gone through a Dora phase for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's gone? She's out oh, of the Oh, yeah, she's again? out of the rotation right now. Oh. Inspector oh. Gadget's back in. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe then uh, Mikhail Bridges has Go-Go Gadget arms on his basketball reference page, I think, or something like that. Yeah. He's got to like be an Inspector Gadget. He's Somebody's got a, he's got got a million uh, Nick, weird I mean, Giannis was kind of that at the start as well, wasn't he, with the big long limbs and that, wasn't he? Mm. Something like you that? know what's a good one? Uh, Slow Mo is uh, a good nickname. Yeah. Very That's good. That's a uh, great nickname. Yes. And, you know, he feels, I feel like he has embraced that nickname. Yeah. Which, you know, you couldn't say a lot of people would do maybe because it's like, it sort of sounds almost negative. It's like, uh, you want to be slow, but. Sure. Yeah. Oh, he God. He, he that, he's earned that nickname, though. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has. All right. Well, I'm glad I brought that up. Let's hear from you guys. Continue to drop your favorite current day nicknames in the stream team and leave them in the YouTube comments. And who knows? <laughs> I could see a top 10 list being compiled for sure with that one. I smell bonus coverage. (laughs) Uh, Let's call it there. Fun, fun show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us live. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern live to break down possibly the Suns going to the finals or the Clippers extending that series at least one more game. We'll be breaking down that game and moving forward. Get your questions in. Going to need some questions probably throughout the week, not just beach stepping. So email them in. NBA questions and non-NBA questions to no dunks at theathletic.com and go grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, and you guys are going to help me do a quick three question survey. I just received from the Atlanta Hawks about the game. last <laughs> yes. night. Okay, All right. So question one, based on your experience, how likely are you to recommend attending a Hawks game to a friend or colleague? One through 10. 10, Ten, extremely likely, yeah. Ten. Extremely likely. Do it. How would you rate the performance of the Atlanta Hawks team during the most recent game you attended? <laughs> what? That's a question? Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's they a tough mean the, one. Hold on, they mean the actual basketball team or like the game ops team? <laughs> it says performance of the Atlanta Hawks team, so <laughs> take what you will. I think it sounds like the encore. Question. I think it, so- I think it sounds like yeah, the performance yeah, no, of the, the right. five guys on the floor. 
I'm uh, going with a seven. Bad ooh. fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, I'll go tough. with an eight. I'll go with an eight. I, <laughs> That's okay. good. I wanted a seven and a half. Three yeah, quarters yeah, good, yeah. one quarter bad. So. I would have gone with nine, so we said seven, eight, nine. Let's go. Let's go. Eight. Uh, <laughs> which of the following statements best explains why you attended this game? <laughs> <laughs> I got the answer. Lunch. <laughs> I'm a big Great fan of the Hawks deal. and went to the game to support the team. I was supporting the opposing team, Ooh. Oh, the Lakers and Knicks out. fans yeah. there. I went with friends, family, colleagues for a fun social activity. <laughs> I attended for business purposes or none of the above. Oh, there's a couple in there, really. Yeah. Isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fact, I would say all of the above. You know? Where's when the we... option of just... I just love basketball, man. <laughs> yeah, click other. Can you enter sickos? <laughs> <laughs> All right, business purposes. Nice. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. You could stay ooh, every day, and I'd be happy every minute. It's been so long, but you're the one I've waited for. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.